Hello and welcome to Egg Meat Sperm. In this podcast, we cover everything from fertility, vitality, to humanity. This podcast is all about how the body, mind, and spirit integrate, how the masculine meets the feminine, and how we can integrate the many sides of ourselves to live our fullest potential, and in the process to optimize our fertility and have the family that we've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Dr. Omama. In this season of Egg Meat Sperm, we focus on how the body is consistently talking to us. It's sending us signals about what's happening and how, if we're listening and paying attention, we can help our bodies heal and feel empowered to have our best and optimal fertility. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Juliana Rishi. She is acclaimed for her coaching work with clients ranging from musicians to writers to CEOs and social impact entrepreneurs. She's also the best-selling author um, of a book called The Power of Practice, um, which is changing the lives of those who are bettering the world. Juliana began her professional career in a much different fashion, earning her master's degree as a marine scientist. Clearly, her soul had other plans for her. Hello and welcome, Juliana. Great to have you on our podcast today. Thank you so much. It's really fun to be here. (laughs) Already it's fun. (laughs) Great. Um, I like fun. Yes. yes. Game on. Yes. so tell me a little bit about uh, this, the idea of practice. What is the power of practice? Well, you know, it's cute. The power of practice actually came to me. I didn't want to write a book, I'll be honest. I had um, a couple of manuscripts already sitting on my shelf that went nowhere. And so it just, it was like, it just kept tapping me on the shoulder. Like, you got to write it. Every, everywhere I turned, there was the reminder of this concept and really, the book itself came uh, from the concept. There are so many people who understand and deeply feel the value of universal energy, law of attraction, thoughts become things. And, and we feel it because something deep inside of us resonates. With, you know, we know that this is the way the universe actually works. And we attempt to implement it in our lives. Um, but I've seen so many people believe and try and not have things manifest the way they want to. So many of my clients and just people that I'm at workshops with and all that. And, and then you look and you see the people that they're looking up to, the successful folks. And because I work with a lot of that type of folk as well, I get to see the difference. And, and the biggest difference that I kept coming back to was the, the CEO type, the superintendents type, they stay with the practice. They, they stay with it day in and day out, week in and week out. They don't drop it. And the more right brain folks, the, the beauty of the artistic brain is that it's always seeking something new. It's always creating. It's always getting excited at the next new opportunity. But what that means is those folks aren't staying with a practice the same way that the other people are. And so they're constantly meeting some level of failure. So the universe was like, can you just tell people that like, as much as we don't like discipline, as much as us right brainers want to just like play with the Crayola box of color and opportunity and fun stuff, there's something about sticking with the practice. And that's how change is made. It takes time. It takes repetition. Mm -hmm. Just like learning to walk. That's practice. Yeah. Yeah, and I relate to this because I feel like I get bored easily. Yes, so, me too. 
Me too. I wrote the book for me. <laughs> my, writing the book was actually my practice. I would wake totally. up every morning and I would Absolutely. write. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. I, I just finished writing my book. It's in processing. Congratulations. And, yeah. um, it, it's been quite a practice. It's yes. like three to four years of just like, I need to write this book. Yes. Uh, this this last year, 2016, was really about like getting down and like having a schedule and doing it. And that's uh, what got it done. That's finally what got it done. And it's not <laughs> sexy and it's not fun, but like it is a critical piece of the puzzle. Same totally. with the people that are great at meditating or yoga or whatever. You know, we see these things online of people in like crazy poses. And I think, do you know what it took them to get there? It took discipline. It took practice, you know? So I felt like it was that missing ingredient um, that nobody really wanted to talk about because it doesn't sell so well. But my heart was breaking for the fact that people were losing faith in the universe, really. Mm -hmm. Losing faith in the whole, the way that the universe works, Mm -hmm. which is just, we do have to stay with something. Right. And there's this whole idea of like, oh, I can just manifest, meaning I'm just going to draw it in and it's going to magically appear. And that's really sexy. It is. But there's a lot, there's a lot that leads up to that point. There, and you know, it's fun. This is, I feel like almost the crux of the book. And I, I wish I could tell you what chapter it might be chapter 12. There's 18 chapters. They're short and fun, but I, from my experience, my studies, my learning, I actually do believe that that's the way the universe works, that we, can, we do, as souls, manifest the physical world around us. The catch is that we all were brought in to this time and place as humans that has taught us, if I want the book, which happens to be next to me, in my hands, I have to reach out my hands and get very Newtonian, right? You know, ball A hits ball B and, and causes this to happen. It's, it's a physical cause and effect that we were brought up with. Nobody said, hey, Juliana, if you want that book in your hands, just think it into your hands and it will be there. So I've had 40-something years of conditioning that I have to physically make things happen. So right. to think I can suddenly say, oh, no, now I think and things will happen, it doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. it's like we need to do the spiritual and the human combined together yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. I like that and I think that there's something about um this uh, like you talked about discipline Mm. tell me about like that word is just at least in a lot of circles that I move in that word is like it's loaded yes I have to tell you, <laughs> this girl too. There's a, I, I said in the book, there was a period of time for like three years where I could not remember the word discipline. It would come up in conversation. I'd be like, well, you know, you just need some, what's that word? Starts with a C or a D, you got to stay with it. Like I had a dead zone in my brain over the word discipline because it, I resisted it apparently so strongly. Uh-huh. That said, and I think, I'm sure you're the same way. If you, if you have a doctor of homeopathy is that we said naturopathic naturopathic you know how to be disciplined like there are places in your life where you put your head down and you get stuff done um i sometimes think we burn ourselves out of the discipline so that when it comes time to our own work we're like i don't have the bandwidth i don't have the energy to dig deep and get disciplined on this um and and one of the things that i hope i help shift people with during the course of the book 
because it's a stepwise, it's a process oriented book and, you know, you're doing exercises to, to peel back layers and, and it's fun and it's good and it's easy. Um, but I hope that it helps people understand that like discipline doesn't have to be that whole thing that you're talking about. Cause when we understand the value of it, uh, it really builds up, I think our willingness to say, Oh, okay. Uh, the thing that I want really is only coming through some level of practice. I use that word cause it's gentler than discipline. Um, and therefore one day at a time I can show up today. Mm-hmm. I can show up today. Right. So yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Word, the yeah. D word. Yeah. Not a four, there's a chapter. Discipline is not a four letter word. um there is there's also that opposite aspect which i can um it's probably like maybe coming up for some people that are listening is there's that piece of when do you know that it's you're pushing against Mm. something that isn't supposed to be right like there's that energy of um like I'm just gonna go and do it and I'm gonna like stick it out and keep going and keep going and no matter what I'll just keep going and um I'm curious what your thoughts are on that because I can totally see that like a lot of even with my clients a lot of women that are trying to get pregnant they have this um like I'm gonna get pregnant and I'll do whatever you tell me to do, right? And, and often, like, my, uh, my approach to it all is, like, to really check in and see if I'm the right person to help this person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I get a no. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what, like, I don't follow the people that I don't work with, but I'm curious if they weren't meant to get pregnant. And it, it feels scary to say that, but yeah. there are actually people that it's not my work. Like I'm not supposed to support these people. And right, right. I don't know what the reason is, but it could be that I could take these people on and I'm like, yeah, we're just going to like do what we can and just keep going. And, and to know when to stop is right. like just so I- as important. I feel like you answered the question the way I would have, like your example answered was my answer, which was for me and everything I've seen be successful with my clients is that it's the yin and the yang. It's the soft and the hard together. It's the being committed and saying like, I am doing this, but to have a softness around it to check constantly to make sure that it is either the right path and actually, when I heard you saying that, like, some clients aren't for you, I didn't go immediately, I didn't go to, they aren't meant to get pregnant. I heard you are not the, the, the right fit healer. Yeah. And that's not judging you. And that's not judging them. It's just, I mean, I always say to people, the most important thing in finding a guide or a teacher or a healer is how do you resonate with them? Because mm-hmm. nothing else, the placebo effect has a, right. a, a lot to do with the things, right? When we convince <laughs> ourselves, you know, it's real. When, our, when we believe it's going to happen, it's much more likely to happen. Um, so I think having that determination, but with the constantly exploring, getting feedback of, is this the right path? Is this the right time? Is this the, um, am I getting messages again? And in, I will also say, it's almost like the million dollar question, because if there was a, a, 
a rule book, a guidebook about am I facing a block because I'm blocked or I'm facing a block because the universe is telling me this isn't the right move? Like right. that would be an awesome rule book to have a playbook right there. <laughs> and I, don't, I, I guide people into, because the thing is, it's different in every scenario. It's different for every person. Mm-hmm. And so it's that inner, um, it's that inner knowing. I actually, I have a game that I teach clients. I call it the expansion contraction game. Whereas if you're trying to decide between a couple things, um, like for you, say if you're looking at a, or one of your clients, let me, let me do that. If they meet with you and they're trying to say, is this the right path for me to work with her? They go in their body. You know, I always close my eyes, go in my body and, and imagine working with you. And does that cause them to like relax and expand and open and feel good? Or does it cause them to contract? And then clear that and then imagine not working with you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my guess based on you is that typically the amount of guidance and support that you, and love that you share with people would cause them to expand. But there are going to be some people who are like, eh, she's not, the, you know, like they won't know right. why you're not the right fit. Right. I suspect they feel it as you do. Yeah. And I, yeah. that's a great um, tip. I might actually start sharing that with people yeah, because I have, I, I often, you know, like um, when I do my initial consultations, I often sit with people and then I'm like, you know, um, it doesn't sound like you're really clear on what you want right now. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather you like go sit with it and let me know right. what you come up with. Yeah. And they, they're always like, what? You're not going to try to sell me on something? Right. And I'm like, right. no, 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 no. It's not my job. No. And you know, uh, it's not going to work. Right. Like, you can't yeah. force this into being them showing up ready Right, like you're the guide, and you can open some things. But if they're not ready, if they're closed off or something, yeah. it's not gonna work. Exactly. Why you bang your head against the wall? Um, <laughs> versus it's so juicy when people come and they're oh, yeah. ready and they're open for your approach. Yeah, and I yeah. I love like the people that are actually really ready are are do they do actually have that expansive energy throughout our entire work together? Yeah. And most of them have been successful. So it's yes. like. You have to wonder what it is. I feel is. the same way with my client. I just talked with a, with someone today and I was like, oh, I love the tribe that I have, right? Because yeah. you want to attract people that resonate with you because totally. that's who you are meant to serve. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're not meant to ser- I'm not meant to serve everybody. No. But yeah. People, and yeah. we should only, like, it should be that joy and, and fun yes. of working with someone, yes. um, supporting yeah. them, and... Um, like for me, the joy is also like seeing people transform in the process. And I'm sure that's true yes. for your work too. A hundred percent. Well, they come to yeah. me for the transformation. They might not realize that they're coming to you for the transformation. <laughs> right? that might be, yeah, yeah. They think they're coming to me for the medical stuff. Yeah. yeah. I will say the, the uh, ripple effect of what transforms in my clients' lives is I, I use the term like magical or miraculous because I don't have another term, but as you, you witness because it's all energy. It's all connected. When you loosen up one part of something that they wanted to focus on, the ripple effect just goes and affects other parts of their lives too. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's why we do it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, great. So tell me a little bit about, um, let's see. What do I want to know more about? Um, I'm sure you have some great stories. Do you have an example to share with 
us about um, what discipline and practice has done for someone in their life? Sure. Let me think. Besides, of course, besides you writing your book. I mean, well, it's funny because <laughs> I was like, you know, the example I use in my book is actually a good one. And I, I think one of the reasons I like the example in my book, um, I'm trying to think, should I talk about the clients? No, because those are juicier stories. Like they're, they're more in depth. Mine's kind of a surface level. So it's just a real quick one. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Oh, ah, decisions. Okay. I'll tell you about mine. <laughs> so I was having a little bit of a pity party one day because the book, I started writing it about two years ago as my practice. I'd wake up and I'd, I'd sit and actually at my computer with my eyes closed and I just like free float, whatever came oh, wow. through. Cool. Um, and then it, it fell off for a bit. And uh, I was having a little pity party for myself about why I haven't things changed the way I want, you know, kind of the sort of reason why I'm writing the book is, has the universe abandoned me? Like this isn't, I've been working so hard at expanding my business and just, you know, making my mark in a bigger way in the world. And it hasn't happened. Um, And then I was like, really, the only thing that's changed in the past, you know, year or two is that uh, I'm in better shape than I've ever been. And then I was like, oh my God, that's the one thing that I have stuck with for the past year and a half or however long it was. Like I would go to the gym and then I wouldn't go, but I'd always end up going back. Mm -hmm. So the whole principle of the power of practice is, um, well, not the whole, we have to stick with things, but we are human and we're going to fall off. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when my kids were sick, I wouldn't show up or summer vacation. I wouldn't show up as much because I'd like to spend it with the kids, but I'd always go back to the gym. I'd stay with it. And so to me, that was just kind of like, ah, how could I be so blind that (laughs) level of accountability it's being in community. It's like all the things I help my clients with, um, you know, we all think we can make these changes on our own, but I couldn't do that on my own. I couldn't just work out in my basement. Like that was not going to work for me as much as I can do it by myself. I wasn't going to, you know, the phone would ring and I'd stop 15 minutes into my workout, whatever. Um, so that was one of those where I was like, Oh, that's a fabulous example of I'm never going to be so intense that I do something every single day of my life. But I, every time I fell off the horse with this, I would get back on. I would go back and start up again. Mm-hmm. Um, my other real quick example that I was thinking about telling you was another client who uh, came to me and she never talked about wanting to lose weight. That wasn't like on her agenda. It was more relationship based and, you know, finding her place in her marriage and with her parents and, you know, as so many of us do. Um, and I, so we did a lot of the type of special energy alchemy backdoor stuff that I do around these other things. And uh, I saw her three or four months later and she had dropped like 30 or 40 pounds. And I was like, wow, what, what? And her shift because of the energy work that we did enabled her to have the practice of um, exercising. But what that meant was how to feed her soul because that was a lot of the work that we did. And so she had staked a new claim on, I'm going to go walk on the beach. I'm going to go walk on the woods. I'm going to go to yoga. I'm going to go rock climbing. Like these things that were fun for her. And because she had shifted her mindset around the practice to make it fun, and this is part of what I walk people through, how to make it so that it's a little bit of a step. None of us have the willpower to force ourselves. I shouldn't say none of us. Most people reading this book don't have the willpower to force themselves day in and day out. So we want to find a way that it's expansive for them to take on these new steps. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really, I think what you said is really awesome because it's like, we need to make it fun, right? Like there isn't, um, a lot of my clients in terms of like shifting their lifestyle or shifting Mm -hmm. their habits around food. It's like, well, it's not inherently going to be fun. You just have to find ways that works for you and that, like the benefit is inherent in doing the action. Well, and that the benefit outweighs, you know, the, the drain of it. Cause let's be honest, it's a lot more fun to reach for a cheeseburger than for a carrot. <laughs> I, I know one person in my life who prefers a carrot to a cheeseburger. The rest of us are like, mm, yummy, yummy. So, but if, if the shift is enough around, well, my goal is really to get healthy because I believe that's what's going to help me conceive. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly the carrot's almost a reward or, you know, it, it is, at least it's not as much of a horrifying thing right. as it's been in the past. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know if you've seen this, but my, my thought, at least from talking to you and like kind of observing in retrospect, some of my clients is that as they get healthier, those shifts actually become more like more aligned to who they are. So it, it becomes easier than to choose that carrot because their cravings are going away. Well, yeah, the real, like not just the psychological, but the physiological ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Or like that craving for sugar. And that's always the most obvious is like the craving for sugar almost always goes away within a a month of the work that we do. I have to say the sugar amazes me. (laughs) Yeah. It is a real addiction. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's amazing to, when you go to the store and you start reading ingredients and like tomato sauce has sugar in it, like why? Right. Why do we need pasta sauce with sugar? Right. Um, So just like the most random things and people will literally text me from the store. Like I can't find a tomato sauce that will replace my sauce because everything has sugar. Wow. Um, Wow. So it's, it's really like we're such in a culture of addiction and, and society like feeds those addictions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it takes a little bit of a shift in the beginning to like get, move away from it. But in retrospect, like people can actually have the experience of like, Oh, I don't have that craving anymore. Yeah. It's amazing. You just have to get Uh, over the hump of the headache and the, you know, the old patterns and, and, and the changing of the habits um, I think the other thing that happens, and this is kind of a bigger taking a step back, but you know, people work so hard now and we, our energy is drained into so, I mean, I, I use the visual of, of a well and we're constantly like pulling out buckets of, of water to <laughs> give to other people, right. but we're never encouraged to refill our own well. Uh-huh. So we're just walking around drained. So asking somebody to do a practice or to read labels is asking a lot of people, but, but once they can get over that initial hump mm-hmm. and start eating healthier or whatever their practice might be, that's filling their well. And so it's now not as hard to do the other things anymore, to do a little bit more reading of labels or a little bit more healthy eating because their well's a little bit more full or something. <laughs> they themselves, you know, you just, it's almost like the, intr- the only reward that so many people get is like television, junk food, 
and news or like Facebook, right? Like what else do people rely upon at the end of the day when they're tired? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it takes some willpower, some practice to shift that. But once you do, you don't need to space out as much because you totally. don't feel as empty anymore. Totally. Yeah. I, I think that that like the filling of the well is a really great analogy because so many people are depleted all the time. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's the practice of self-care that yeah. fills that well. It's an amazing and, practice. Yeah. And once it's hard. It, it's hard to fight for it. Right. right. Because people think it's selfish. I would actually think that's a great benefit of people coming to you is that you very much, you don't just give them permission. I imagine you give them the directive, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because you know that that's a critical component. I mean, I'm guessing, but from yeah. what I've experienced of you, I think you, is that correct? You tell people they have, yeah. they have to. What they- a blessing. <laughs> like you must sit down or you must, you know. Yeah. Like, and, and I try to make it easy. So it's never like, you're going to need to spend three hours a day yes. doing this practice, but yes. 30 seconds. It's yes. like so oh. simple. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they start with 30 seconds and then they'll come back and they'll be like, Hey, do you have any new homework for me? And it's just like, yeah, um, sure. I could give you more homework. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and, and, and what I, oh, it is a slow progression. Yeah, yeah. And I think what you're saying is so true. It's like once that well is fuller, they're looking for new ways to fill that well even more. And it's baby steps. I mean, this is one of the things that I am a big believer in is that putting too much on someone all at once or, or a person putting too high of an expectation on themselves all at once is setting them up for failure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get to the gym four days a week, even though I haven't worked out in like 20 years. Some people have the willpower to make that happen, but most of us do better uh, building up to Baby that. Steps. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, and I think that the importance of support along the path, mm. right, is what often a lot of our work is about. Is like, how do we support people to get to where they want to be? Yes. Whether that's pregnant, whether that's living a healthier life, whether that's having a better relationship, it's like there are, that's the end goal, but what are the steps that are actually going to get you there? And staying on that path. I think that's one of the biggest things when when people, you know, I talk to potential clients who are like, you know, I I think I'm going to do this on my own. I'm probably a bit like you, you know, I I realize at that point I'm not, they're not mine to serve because they're still in their space of wanting to do it on their own. I wish though that I could see how does it go for them? Because like the gym for me, it didn't work for me to try to do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And again, there are some really uber disciplined people out there who can do it on their own, but my experience is there aren't that many of them. Most of us, if for nothing else, the conditioning of growing up, of getting the feedback and the encouragement or the nagging, like that is our pattern. We need some feedback and some support and some encouragement and um, some structure around yeah. the change that we're going to make. Yeah. And so I think that's what you and I both get to do for our clients is offer that structure, that support. It stays high in their vibration. This is my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, that if we talk once a week, this is in their vibration. The changes that they're trying to make stay up in like, this is what I'm doing for this period of my life. Yeah. And without it, we get distracted. Other things take priority. I get it. Um, mm-hmm. But the gift about your clients is, 
they have staked a claim on this being a priority in their lives. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that that's true for everyone that comes yeah. to work with us is like, yes. they have something that they're reaching for in their yes. life. And that yeah. drive, that commitment is bigger than the commitment to stay where they're at. Yeah. And it's like an inner pull, I think. It's something moving them from inside forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So beautiful. It still takes discipline. (laughs) A good friend of mine was like, you know, I think your challenge is to make discipline sexy. (laughs) Oh, okay. How does one do that? But, you know, his point was well taken that people want to do things that feel easy. And Mm -hmm. so how do we make practice easy? Um, And it's things like baby steps and the thought of filling the well. And hopefully in some ways is what I try to do in the book, the knowing that, you know, things can't come through from the non-physical world unless enough attention is paid to them. That's when they can land in the physical world. If you just start a thought, but don't finish, but don't really, like I want the new jacket. If it just is a fleeting thought, you never end up with a new jacket. Mm-hmm. But if you stick with it enough, then it comes through. It comes into your physical experience. Right. Yeah, that's really brilliant. And I think that, um, that's a really great, um, great way to think about how discipline can become more part of reality. But not super tight discipline. I was just thinking about with, with your clients in particular, but I think anyone, if we're like, I gotta have it, I gotta have it. Like the people that want the boyfriend, oh, yeah. I gotta have it, I gotta have it. There's just the tightness around it holds it away. Yeah. So it's like, again, that, that solid commitment with the softness around it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So beautiful. So with that, we'll end our podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Egg Meat Sperm. If you want more information about holistic fertility, pregnancy, or postpartum, go to www.holisticfertilitycenter.com. You can find us on social media through the links in the show notes below. And if you're trying to conceive, I would love to invite you to join our secret Facebook community called Positive Fertility, where the discussions are not about what you can't do, but about embracing your body and empowering your fertility. Again, I'm Dr. Omatma, and we'll see you next time.